しいですね。Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about The Other Side of the Pillow from The Truth. Recorded autumn 1996 at Paisley Park and released on the 29th of January 1998. On the track, it is just Prince by himself and his guitar.、Uh, the track is 3 minutes 20, and joining me to talk about today is Shannon Camp and Zach Powers. Hello, Zach and Shannon. Hello. Hi, glad to be back. Now, in terms of a genre, I don't know, I'm not quite sure where to go. I, I feel like people are going to get sick of hearing me say those words on this particular album because everything's acoustic. So. Um, but out of everything that's on this album, this to me feels like the track that is the most improvised. Like it literally seems like moments before Prince started, he just picked his guitar up and just started singing about the other side of the pillow. And then towards the end, he does like a whistle solo. And I, I don't think before or after on like, I don't know, the 400 and something tracks that Prince recorded, I've ever heard him whistle. This is like literally the only time I've heard. So it's like the most like nonchalant solo. He's got a guitar in his hand, but he doesn't bother doing a guitar solo. He just starts whistling towards the end. Well, sometimes、um, a whistle solo is what you need. You could just ask,、uh, I guess, Jealous Guy. Is that the most famous whistle solo of all time? <laughs> Probably. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking of.、Uh, You know, the whistling and don't worry, be happy. That's oh, that's the most maybe. That might, famous that song famous. whistling, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that is probably it. But I was going to say the acoustic like, intro to this song did make me think of like, when Eric Clapton covers one of his own songs with the acoustic guitar. Also, it, sitting on the dock of the bay, just one more whistle solo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had a weird moment as I listened to this song because. Uh, as Zach and I talked about a bit a、uh, couple of the last times we've been on the podcast, I don't have a whole lot of familiarity with Prince's catalog because it is so vast.、Right. But as I was listening to this song, I realized that my dad used to always say, as cool as the other side of the pillow, to the tune of this song in. A very bad Prince impression. But as like a little, little kid, like five years old, six years old, you don't know who Prince is or that your dad is doing、mm-hmm. a weird impression. It's just this weird thing dad did that was like trying to be funny. But he would do it like quite a bit. And it was crazy. I literally did not realize until I heard this song that that's what it was. Yeah. I, and、uh, just to reiterate, also, I'm coming from a similar point where my parents. Were into 60s and 70s music, and then by the 80s, they were too old to listen to new music. And then by the 90s and the 2000s, I could start listening to music because I was alive. New musics? New musics. Because I, I at that point, was alive. And so the 80s are like the lost decade to me. Prince and U2 and, you know, Michael Jackson, all, all kind of a lost decade of music in some ways to me. So, I mean, I would say for like a genre,、um, I don't know, it, it feels like Prince is, I don't know, he's talking about someone who, I don't know, it, it feels like this is a song that is about a person. Um, who is very cool. That is about as much as I can kind of gather.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know,、um, or maybe he's talking about himself. I, I don't know. It, like, because the thing is, there's a mention where he says, as bad as Bonnie when she, she ran with、uh, Barrow. 
Um, and he interjects a little Clyde just so people know who he's talking about. Yeah. As if the reference is too kind of like out there for people to get. Like as if people are going to be like, Prince, who are you talking about? Bonnie and Barrow. Like, which is just such a weird thing for him to do as well, to not use the normal, like, everyone calls him Bonnie and Clyde. No one calls him Bonnie yeah, and Barrow. Yeah, if you're going to go so. in and inject Clyde. But I thought there were like, with those asides, there were almost some like old school crooner touches at times. Like he was his own three-man backup uh that's how it would be if it were like an older song by an artist from a different era like when he did the bubbly 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 and the way he would (laughs) sing cool sometimes i uh one i think that the interjection of clyde after the bonnie and barrow line reminds me a little bit of the show dexter where they would always use vo because they assume the audience is too dumb to understand (laughs) what's going on constantly assume the audience is just too dumb to get it my dark passenger and i for the most part i was okay with the backup vocals but i do there were a couple places where i think i wish they were think they were a little too much and one part that bothered me a little bit is after um smooth like a glass of wine and he says bubbly bubbly because wine is not bubbly that is champagne (laughs) prince they're sparkling dessert wines you peasant all right well he thinks he knows more about luxury than Prince. <laughs> if it's not champagne, it's a sparkling white, Zach. So, I mean, you know, maybe that's what he's talking about. Bubbly is just, I, when I hear bubbly... That doesn't I, seem smooth, though. Yeah, like there's like a smooth glass of wine or a bubbly glass yeah, of wine. I, I don't associate the word bubbly. And the twain shall meet. Bubbly brings champagne. If somebody says, let's have a glass of bubbly, I think, <laughs> oh, we're going to have a glass of champagne. We're going to use up half our airtime talking about this alone. <laughs> Thing is, over here, when people say bubbly, it's just a clever way of saying it's champagne, but it's not really champagne. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. don't hold exactly. us to that. Like, sometimes you'll have places where they're like in a complimentary glass of bubbly and you're meant to think, oh, champagne. It's like, no, it's it's not champagne. It's off-brand champagne. <laughs> but at least they're being honest, yeah. you know? Um, but I do want to say before we go too far that these songs that are a little more stripped down, the last time you had us on, you had us doing like some very R&B-like stuff that we were covering and listening to. And I do think these songs are a little bit more my personal speed. Yeah, same here. I really liked this song. Maybe, mm, I mean, it's between this and Sarah, but maybe the best out of the batch we listened to this time. I mean, um, so far on this album, I think I've been given like five out of five to pretty much everything. So uh, this is probably my favorite Prince album, the truth is, from the late 90s, let's say, because obviously there's maybe some stuff in the 80s I like more. But just, I mean... This is something, again, that I've you know said a couple of times. You get that intimacy of just Prince and a guitar. And this, as well, the guitar sound on this, on the previous tracks, it sounded a lot more like it's a semi-acoustic, which is an acoustic guitar that has the, you know, the pickup inside the body. Whereas this sounds like he has a microphone pointed at an actual acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. just because you hear the sound of the body a lot more as he's strumming. And there's a few times where he's strumming, and you'll hear him tap the side of the body, almost as the like the rhythm to kind of keep himself in time when he goes back and does all the various different um you know the overdubs for all the the you know the harmonies and stuff um but then there's also my favorite part is probably when he says you know um when he when he goes where did you learn to do that trick with the chair and then he just goes I don't care just as long as you do it again so and that's when it kind of then that's when he kind of comes back in with the chorus but just like this I don't know just the fact that it sounds like this is Prince in the bedroom 
talking to someone intimately just playing a guitar well, and i can i can imagine this as his like foreplay it's like hold on a second while i record like a three minute song just to kind of say how cool you are before we, we get kind of get into anything yeah uh, that kind of set that up a little bit with the thing about something about you find all kinds of uses for the furniture <laughs> or so, uh, is yeah. an earlier line in the song <laughs> yeah i can't find adjectives that's what he says which is just like I, I, I like I like the idea of Prince being speechless by someone else's like sexual performance and like the way that they're kind of using bits of furniture in Paisley Park while he's trying to walk around and get stuff done. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And also, I like the fact as well, like cool as the other side of the pillow is like kind of a cliche. But I also like to think of Prince in Paisley Park, like in bed too warm and being like, oh, I'm just going to have to turn this out, this pillow over so I can at least try to get to sleep. And it's just, it just kind of, to me, it makes him like a bit more human because it's like, yeah. he understands the feeling of a pillow that is too warm and the fact that the other side of the pillow is cool. Like, yeah, that's the thing. It is a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. We all know <laughs> yeah. that is a great feeling. Turning a pillow over and it being freezing cold is exactly what you want when you're way too warm. Um, not that I imagine there would be many warm nights um, in Minnesota, but, uh, you know, that could just be, you know. That's just that's with my impression of the fact that I imagine Minnesota be constantly under snow, um, but I, I imagine mean, it also gets quite warm. <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean we're here in the mo pretty much the most northern part of Illinois, so we're about six hours away from like Minneapolis, but it gets surprisingly hot like today, ninety eight degrees. Yeah. Summer, yeah. and you got that lake humidity keeping you warm. Yeah, it's the lake effect that really does you in. I'm sure that's the true in Minnesota as well. This is probably where this song came from. Prince, restless one night, decides, rather than trying to get to sleep or turning over the pillow, he's like, I'll write a whole song about this. Uh, that'll probably t- tire me out so I can get a decent night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and like I said, later on in the song, he says, I'll get tipsy and I, and then he just starts whistling, <laughs> just a whistle solo. And it's just, it's every time I hear it, it's completely unexpected. Because it's because it's Prince, and I don't ever expect him to just start whistling out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it does I don't know. capture the feeling of tipsiness well. That moment, yeah. and the fact the fact as well that he double tracks the whistle. That's what I love as well. He like double tracks and then harmonizes his own whistle, and it's like it's just I don't know. It just amazes me that like you know the the level of talent of the man. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, and then it just finishes with uh, you know cool as the other side of the pillow, and then it just finishes with cool. And then the track abruptly stops. Although if you're listening to the album, it feels like like the intro of this feels like it's missed off the end of the previous song. And then there's an intro to Fascination, which is the next track, which feels like it should have been on the end of this. So I don't know if there was just an issue with cutting the tracks up for a CD or whatever, but it always feels slightly like the, the tracks are in the wrong position. Um, but it just means that the track just abruptly stopped with the word cool, um, which, you know, it's always a good place for it to kind of finish. Um, but yeah, so I mean, just like the song "Cool" from West Side Story, also ends with <laughs> "Cool," ba doom doom, and that's the end of the song. Yeah, maybe it was a little homage. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. As we've discussed, uh, you know, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah, I'm just I, I kind of doubt it. <laughs> Although I could see Prince being someone who enjoyed the film West Side Story. He does seem like the kind of person who, if he ever did get into a fight, it would end up turning into a dance. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine him. Pulls all the hair gel. I can't imagine him wielding a weapon. But yeah, so I mean, for me personally, I would say four out of five, and I only give it a four because um, there are other tracks on this 
album which i like a little bit more so they get the fives um so you know but i know it's to me it's just it's like out of all the songs this entire album has the feeling of prince just doing it in a day and i'd say out of all the songs this has aside from the fact that he went back and double tracked a whistle solo this has the most feel of like him just doing it in one take and not bothering to kind of go back there's even a couple of places where he strums the guitar and it sounds like he's missed a chord and it doesn't sound like he went back and corrected that. He was just like, "It'll do. I've got I've got eleven other songs to do today. I I can't be I can't be sticking around for this one." Yeah, I would also say a four out of five. I think I would probably give it a slightly higher score if not for the some of the goofier asides, maybe because then I could probably get more into the mood of like the slick coolness of it all. But it's still a really great song, and like I like those moments that sound a little bit missed or messed up because I like the sort of spontaneous quality that it has. So, yeah, definitely a great track. And I think it's hilarious that now I know where that weird joke of my dad's comes from. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I think I'll go with the consensus. I, I agree largely. I agree with Shannon that uh, I feel like some of the secondary um, like backing vocal stuff, I feel like I wish it were cut down a little bit or even all together. And it was just a very straightforward him singing without the additional like, you know, uh, backup vocals or additional, you know, I, I, there's a couple Prince songs where I feel like there's extraneous vocal stuff in the song that I think the song would be a little better without. There's another one we'll talk about later that I feel the same way. But uh, for the most part, I think it's a very good, it's a solid song. A four out of five uh, sounds right to me. Uh, now, Prince did play this live uh, on the, the kind of the first tour that he did in the New Millennium in 2002 the One Night Alone tour, and there is a live version of this that was on that was going to be on an EP that never got released, but it is on the album One Night Alone Live, which I haven't listened to because at the moment to purchase that on CD costs about £200, and so I'll have to wait until um, whomever has got the Prince rights reissue it and make it slightly cheaper before I can actually listen to that version. Um, but from what I've heard, it's, you know, it's a little bit longer and it's it's a kind of, you know, it's got the full band, so I can imagine it sounds a lot different to just Prince and a guitar. Um, but yeah, after 2002, he didn't perform it live again. Um, you know, quite honestly, by that point, he's got about 300 songs in his back catalogue. It's hard to it's hard for him to go back. And also Prince had this habit of once he had a live version of a song recorded, he like didn't feel the need to kind of perform it again and again. Almost like he could say, just go and buy the live album. You can hear me. You can hear me sing it there. I don't need to keep like playing it for the next 10 years. So I felt like we said about as much as we can about the other side of the pillow. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug? Uh, our podcast together, Stage of Fools, which is about uh, E's first scripted television series, The Royals is currently on hiatus since we don't know what uh, the fate of the future of the show is. But it's a great time to go catch up on the back catalog, listen to us tell you four seasons of a very, very silly story, if that interests you. Uh, I also have a podcast without Shannon called The Revisionist that's a comedy history podcast. Though she was on an episode recently. Sometimes I am on it, but... <laughs> well, you've been on it twice out of about 60, yeah. About one thirtieth of the time, Shannon is on the show, um, and it's a comedy history podcast. Where we tell the real version of a event from history, and then a crazy, made-up alternate version, and then we vote on which becomes the true history of the world going forward. So that's the premise. If that sounds interesting, give it a shot. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us. Not sure why you would at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guests here, Zach and Shannon. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. And otherwise, goodbye.